And the season's premiere of Studio Inter will be discussing the wins against Roma and Fiorentina. We'll be predicting the Serie A standings, Capo Canoniere, this week's Frog, Moratti and Moji of the Week, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. <laughs> Torna Ronaldo a battere questo calcio di punizione molto lungo per Zamorano che gira bene al centro, attenzione il destro, violentissimo e lo spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti. La prima squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter, l'Inter vince e Dillo, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa, i più forti siamo noi. Benvenuti, welcome back to another season of Studio Inter. Uh, my name is Nima Tavalo Rudsari and I am very extra happy today, not just because of the two wins, but because we have finally launched our new homepage on sempreinter.com, so check that out. Uh, it's been a lot of work and we're really proud and happy that it's finally out there. Uh, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about, as usual, Inter's uh, matches and upcoming fixtures and the Mercato and much, much more. But before I get into all of that, I'd like to welcome my uh, co-host for the season, Mr. Eduardo Dalmonte. Hey, how's it going, everyone? I'm good. How are you? How are you? you don't sound you sound a bit ill. Is everything all right? Yeah, I'm basically lying in bed, like with <laughs> sort of bad flu. Oh, but... shit. I thought you were on holiday. What happened? What did you do? Well, I basically like I've been feeling like terrible for the last few days. I like, sort of, you know, the usual. Even when I was watching the game, I was in an absolute state. Like I was still, it was absolutely, it was very, very enjoyable. So uh, I can't really complain. Well, but, at least, uh, at least, at least, Inter's comeback made you feel a little bit better, despite the flu and all. Yeah, because I saw the game afterwards, and basically I got a message that was two lines, and it was Grande Inter, and then Roma something something, <laughs> and I was afraid that it was the kind of thing where we'd actually drawn or something like that because on 84 minutes basically like the link like stopped and so I didn't get to see the last few minutes and I had to then watch them later without knowing what it was and I was convinced that Roma had somehow equalized so it was brilliant brilliant. nice one nice one well joining us all the way from the sunny beaches of Egypt Mr. Mohamed Nasser Hey guys, uh, very excited to be back for another uh, cracking season we hope Uh, much better than the last six so I was <laughs> exactly. I was thinking. I was thinking. I had your voice in my head when I was watching the game, game, game against Roma after the final whistle. What a time to be alive! So, <laughs> <laughs> so I hope. I hope this season continues that way. And joining That's us awesome. all the way from Canada, the king of the frogs, the president of the April Summers Canadian Fan Club, Mr. Max DeLuca. Welcome. Hey guys, it's been a while. Very glad to be back. So how's that fan club going, the Canadian fan club for April Summers? Uh, it's a, on a bit of a hiatus right now. Uh, yeah, my wife is expecting uh, her second child, oh, so congrats. I have to be. Thank you. I have to be laser oh, focused on uh, 
hunting, yeah, no no yeah. Uh, bikini models or anything yeah, yeah, along no. those lines for the next uh, nine months at least. Yeah, it's not exactly like, yeah, hon, I'm just going to go and start a fan club for April Summers while you're pregnant and bearing my child. Yeah, that won't go over well. Hormones and stuff, yeah, yeah no that, good. That will not go down well. Right, boys, let's get into it. Uh, let's start with the Fiorentina game. Um, it was a great performance, in my opinion, against the Fiorentina. That's a little bit in shambles, but we didn't know what to expect. But Inter went in there, and Icardi and Perisic completely dominated the game. Mohamed, what a time to be alive? Uh, yeah, I think uh, what a time to be alive. But, you know, in, uh, the, other, in the words of a very another uh, wise man, uh, Mr. Lair David, I think I'm going to curb my enthusiasm for a bit. <laughs> because last, last season I was uh, really riding high on the Pioli uh, train and we all know uh, how that ended up. So uh, what a time to be alive, for sure. It's fantastic. There's, there's real structural change. Super excited, but I just want to be a bit in the ass again. So I, I yeah, agree with that. But if, but if we go down into the tactics of it, I mean, there's, there's been, you know, Borja Valero, you know, selling Everbanega and bringing in Borja Valero has been heavily criticized by Inter fans, not just on Twitter, but in social media, in, in you know, experts, former Inter players as well. Uh, Eduardo, how uh, do you think that, I mean, oh, it's still very early days, but what, were you, what was your thought when, when they sold Banega and brought in Borja Valero? Did you, did you, how did you take on that sale? Uh, as somebody who was very excited about Banega, I was still sorry to see him go, but he didn't really seem to be a fit. Um, this is something I. This is something we've said before, but he really wasn't sort of getting involved in games. And Borja Valero is a consummate passer, and whilst justified sort of fears have been raised about whether he can last ninety minutes, what his role defensively is, it has also been pointed out that he presses very well, and you can see from the Fiorentina game just how good our passing was. Um, especially in the first hour or so's play, and against Roma once Borja Valero moved down. So I think basically it's good that we're a rich club. We can steal another team's midfield. You know, Vecino does the kicking and Valero with the feet. And I think it's, it's spectacular, really. We needed to fix that part of the midfield more than anything else because attacking midfield, we, you know, it was worth giving Mario a run. And getting rid of Banega, it was kind of the logical solution, I guess, when you've invested so much in Joao Mario. Uh, Banega was bought. He wasn't bought. He was. Um, it was a free transfer, I believe. Indeed. But uh, yeah, I, it's it's a bit of a pity. But he's the kind of player that deserves to be on a team where he was there to provide the flourish, which is something I wrote when he originally moved. And at Inter, he wasn't really given that opportunity. It, it only seemed to work against three man defenses, uh, and there weren't that many of those. And teams learned how to play against him, and it wasn't to be. I don't think. Hmm. Um, Max, uh, what, what do you make of that first game? I mean, personally, I was really impressed with how we played in midfield, and I felt that we got we continued the great preseason form, that midfield form, uh, with Vecino and uh, Valero playing deep, and managing to to take on that first press press from other teams and playing, and also that way creating a dominance in midfield and also on the wings. Uh, and also his passing gives Inter and, and his vision and the way he plays gives Inter just another another weapon in the arsenal to attack teams with. But midfield aside, what 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 were you most impressed with against Fiorentina? I have a sneaking suspicion that Fiorentina is not going to be too good this season. But still, a three nothing win in. Uh, 
the opener, especially after kind of an underwhelming Mercado. I mean, it, it still could turn into be a, a very shrewd Mercado, and, but uh, it's very underwhelming in regards to big signings or not. But uh, for me, it was just uh, Maurito. The guy doesn't play during the preseason. He just jumps on the field and bags two goals, and he really should have had his third. Only a heavy touch uh, in the first half when he intercepted a pass from the Fiorentina defender and then a world-class point-blank save in the second half stopped them from getting a hat-trick. And I just want to say that I'm so glad that Perisic is staying. So, so glad. We kind of we spoke about this on the last uh, episode of last season. We were all kind of resigned to the fact that uh, Perisic is going to go. He stayed with us a couple of years. He's going to the Premier League. He wants to play in the champ, uh, Champions League. And everyone was kind of willing to part ways amicably. But he's been on fire, especially against Fiorentina, set up a couple goals. And then we'll talk about what he did in the Roma game later. But uh, I'm just so glad he stayed. I'm really, I'm really, I'm, I'm really happy you brought that up because personally, I think that if I'm, 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 I'm actually gonna, you know, I'm not playing a devil's advocate here. It's my gone honest opinion that I, I'm, I'm really happy with what Suning have done because if it wasn't for Suning, if they hadn't come in and you know fixed our finances and fixed, you know, saved the club financially, Perisic would have been gone for twenty, twenty-five million. Instead, they managed to create a situation where. They they were calling the shots and said we don't need to sell Perisic if you want to buy him he costs fifty five sixty million and we want Martial on loan as well which kind of you know that's playing hardball and I'm so happy to see Inter finally playing hardball and not being resigned to being you know oh held over the barrel by every team in the world because of our financial situation and and yeah. that to me I feel is is almost the, the greatest feat of the Mercato. You know that we strengthened and not not weakened our team. We didn't sell a star player. Instead, we hung on to him. And not only that, the appointment of Spalletti and the way Spalletti has been handling everything, and the way the club's directors and management have rallied behind Spalletti, has kind of given Spalletti the mandate to decide and dictate everything, which has created some a sort of unity and a sense of direction, strength through unity, where everyone knows what's expected of them, everybody knows what they're supposed to do, and that in, its, in and of itself gave Perisic a kind of, you know, he, he started believing in the project again, and, and is willing to sign a contract extension where he will earn far less than he would have earned uh, at Man United, and to me, that, that, that's, uh, that's, uh, that, that was the greatest feature of the Mercato. What do you guys think, Eduardo? Excellent, excellent point, Nima. Yeah, Max, go, go. Yeah, you want to say? Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. There's, there's almost a, a sense of stability uh, at the Piano Gentile right now. Three months ago, uh, we we're a mess, chaos uh, reigns supreme. But uh, like you said, uh, with your points there. I think stability's come, come in. Um, the players are obviously uh, play for him. Um, I think Suning has uh, again. Taking our, we didn't sign that big, make a big splash in, in the market that some of the Interisti wanted to, but uh, I think quietly behind the scenes, we're building a stable foundation, and Perisic saw that. I said, hey, I might stick around for a couple of years and see what comes of this. So, yeah, That's, agree 100%, Nima. Hmm. No, I think it's a really good, good place to start from. And also, um, I mean, we're, let's, let's get back to the Fiorentina game. I mean, we did play them with Vecino, and we played with Brozovic, a player who we've all wanted to see get rid of. 
to get rid of, but instead we lost Condogbia uh, and also the way Spalletti handled that situation I thought was brilliant as well because, I mean, normally a player would fight his way out of the club and that would destabilize the entire squad. Instead, it seemed to have only affected Condogbia and Spalletti completely took control of that situation and then it seems like Condogbia left on pretty amicable terms. But if we look at it, I mean, what, what, Mohamed, I mean, you and I have been one of the last defenders of the Condogbia uh, train. So, uh, what do you think? I mean, is it a shame? Are you, do you are you sad that he left? And would you approve, would, you, would you prefer that Brozovic have left? Would have left instead? Yeah, I mean, of course, I would have preferred that Brozovic had left. Uh, in terms of uh, football quality and and potential for development, etc. I think Kondogbia has. I still believe that Kondogbia possesses much higher potential in developing into a much better midfielder than Brozovic will ever hope to be. But having said that, I think like my last, my, like the last straw was that the, the him missing training. If any player does this, for me they're dead. You know, like you, the club always has to come first, the fans come first, uh, your contract, your your profession, professionalism has to come first. And if 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 he's willing to put that on the line for a crappy transfer away from uh, Inter to Valencia, then you know. I'll be more than happy to see uh, to see him leave and uh, see Brozovic say so. You know, so like while, while I'm sad to have lost Kondogbia, I'm also happy that he's gone, having having done what he did uh, to get himself away from Apiano. Hmm. Well, um, we we haven't spoken about Marui Kadi that much yet, but I mean, it's it's, it's impossible not uh, to be. Uh. I mean, it's impossible. How can anyone hate on this guy anymore? I mean, come on. Like, Eduardo, have a talk with oh, your dad. Oh, people can, Nima. I assure you they can. <laughs> I mean, let's talk. I mean, you got to have a word with your dad, Eduardo. Come on. Because, I mean, the guy's barely no, had a actually, preseason. No, actually, it's not him. It's not him. Okay. Who is it? No. It's someone else. It's someone else who was all like, oh, but it's not a coincidence that great strikers uh, make <laughs> the team play. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure that you never heard of like Pipo Inzaghi before. Like, go home and watch the football that you clearly haven't seen over the last 30 years. I remember when Pipo Inzaghi was around, everybody was complaining, oh, he dives, oh, he can't do this, oh, he can't do that. And as he, as his retirement sort of tour started, which is basically his last three or four years in the league, people realised what they were going to miss. And I think with Cardi, we can't make the same mistake because people, people will always, especially we're quite young, There'll be fans who were younger than us who weren't necessarily around if people were scoring all those goals. It's, what was it? Piacenza, Juve. Parma, Atalanta. Yeah, people... Ah, Atalanta, there we go. People were moaning about him so much back then. And it gets, it gets underestimated now. And I think Inzaghi is getting similar treatment. He's not anywhere near the diver that Inzaghi was. But this whole sort of, oh, you've got to work with a team, it just strikes me as being a bit simplistic. It's... You come in and score two goals, STFU. What's your? I don't see what else you. Yeah, he missed that one in the first half, and that was horrible. But he, if anything, he showed mental mental fortitude, got over it, and uh, it was also kind of the Icardi one too, because Icardi has killed games before of a San Siro, scoring twice, and it's like thank you very much. Didn't happen so often away from home. Now all of a sudden we see him do it against Roma, still a big team, although the season may bear out some. <clears throat> Same Fiorentina, but he, he kills teams. It's like one, two goals, game over, basically. Or at least changes the face of it. The thing that's, that, that strikes me with this guy is that he's, 
he's barely had a preseason. He's barely, I mean, he looks, he doesn't look so fit. He himself says that he's far from 100% fit. And he looks better than ever. And the, the understanding that he seems to have, I mean, the way Spalletti wants to play and, and the crossing from Perisic and how per- Perisic wants to play. I mean, this, he just looks to be absolutely loving life right now. This, this, I mean, just re- remember 12 months ago, it was about around this time when his infamous autobiography came out and he basically <laughs> declared, declared war on the Kurva and was booed. I mean, that was like the lowest point of the season, wasn't it? When he was booed, when he missed the penalty and it was Zanetti was angry and everyone was pissed off. And, but I mean, just look at it now. 12 months later, he looks better than he's ever been. And his movement off the ball, I think he's developed that. I mean, I don't think he's the same player he was last season. I think the way he, he participates... In, in, in the, in the build-up to play, it just feels like Spalletti football really suits this guy. What do you think, Max? Yeah, I think this is the year that uh, Europe finally comes around to what uh, we and Teresi already know, that uh, Cardi's world-class. He's a lethal striker, and I think, uh, yeah, he's poised to have a career year. Can't wait. Um, desp- a little despondent at the international break. Like, I despise the international break so early in the domestic season. And with, and with, with Icardi firing in all cylinders, I just want to play. I want to play every three days, right? But uh, <laughs> hopefully, I've seen some of the pictures and some of the photos with Messi and Dybala. It sounds like he's, uh, looks like he's having a good time, but hopefully he comes back and uh, continues where he left off because, oh, I mean... Jesus Christ, well, that Argentinian attack with Aguero, Dybala, Icardi, and Messi. Jesus Christ! Like I, I'm, I'm like I, I know the season's barely started, but God, I can't wait for the World Cup. Like I just want to see those play together. Can you just imagine the, the the sheer like Messi to the left, Aguero to the right, and Dybala in between, and Icardi up front? Holy jumping shit balls! I mean, how much goals will these these guys score? Um, Mo. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Go. Go. Oh, sorry, I'm just interjecting by saying that it's a pity that Argentina isn't being run by coaches, and especially players, actually, who have all the emotional stability of VOC Season <laughs> 2. Because he's like, oh my God, like Cardi, it's like his personal life. It's such a problem. I, I can't remember who it was. Was it Bowser or was it his predecessor who basically said that? Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's got to let the pitch do the talking and not... And it was literally like, yeah, in Italy, we've heard nothing. This is before the autobiography. We've literally heard nothing from Icardi's personal life, except for the fact that he scores loads of goals. And yet, these people here, was, and it was like, you know what, I kind of wish it was like that, because now he's crossing the ocean, blah, 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 playing two games, playing at high altitude, playing here, coming back all tired. Yeah, didn't like, don't like that. Don't care about Argentina. In fact, if it's true that the dressing room is still on Maxi Lopez's side, then I don't care about them either, because Maxi Lopez is a horrible human being. I don't think... Uh, anyway, yeah, sorry, carry on. No, I, I agree with you 100% there. It's um, it's uh, <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit interesting uh, that that whole situation. But I feel that okay, he, he might have whatever you feel about that situation. It's not like he just got on with his ex and then moved on. He's married to her. They have two kids. I mean, yes. at, one, at one point, people. I mean, this this idea of him being a bad boy, I think, is so overrated, and I think it's so undeserved because all he's ever done is to marry the wrong, so-called quote-unquote wrong woman. And to me, that's, that's some medieval shit right there. I mean, what, she, you know, they fell in love. They decided to move on. Shit happens. Get over it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's, that's my... So what do you think, Mohammed, being the only Arab here? Should we stone uh, <laughs> Icardi and Wanda? <laughs> 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 I 
I'm sorry. I see the, I see the get uh, Mo to Guantanamo campaign is still uh, going strong. Huh? Oh, yes. It's back. Oh, yes. Mo, hashtag Mo to Gitmo. <laughs> no, but don't you think Yeah, no, I think, uh, I, I think it's actually ridiculous, uh, honestly. Uh, I mean, uh, like, uh, like Max alluded to, uh, or maybe it was said or not, uh, like, the less the world knows about Icardi, the happier Interisti will be because, you know, less likely to get poached, less likely to have to, these, uh, have to do these tracks away. But, you know, you can't keep a, keep a lid on that secret for too long. And I think, uh, like you said earlier, I think this is the season uh, this guy blows up uh, all over the world because when you look around, there aren't many number nines that can come anywhere near uh, his level of achievement and skill and, like, delivering on actual results. So, yeah, optimistic for the season for him. Right. Well, we had a, as always, we had a, uh, a vote on Sempreinter.com for the man of the match against Fiorentina. And no surprise, it was Mauro Icardi with 43% of the vote. However, um, I want to ask you guys, who do you think came second? Mo? It had to be Perisic, I think. Correct. 23%. And another guy, that, uh, who, who, who do you, uh, uh, Max, who do you think came third? Borja Valero. No, he came fourth. Eduardo? Skriniar. Oh. Yes, Skriniar. And that's someone I wanted to talk to as well, because i got to be honest with you guys. I was not too impressed when, we, when Inter decided to not sign uh, Manolas. Uh, and the reason for that is simply that him and Spalletti don't get along. So Spalletti basically vetoed that signing. Um, so uh, they went for Skriniar instead, and they gave away Caprari. And everyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I have a... I have a big, big man crush on Gianluca Caprari, so I was not happy about that at all. However, this guy looks, looks damn good. I mean, solid, simple. He's always at the right place and the right time. He barely puts a foot wrong. I am so impressed. I mean, did you? I'm going to be honest. I saw Sampdoria last year, but he was not one of the players that made me raise an eyebrow. What about you guys? Eduardo, did he, did he impress you last season? Like, did you see what we're all discovering now? No, not really. You saw sort of, you saw sort of highlights. You saw some good moments. You saw some games in which he got torched by the same striker twice. You saw a Gazzetta average that wasn't very good. But I don't know. I'm starting to think he could be like the new Jason Murillo. But the first few months of Jason Murillo, hopefully he'll have a lot better future than the uh, Colombian. Um, yeah, I'm still cautiously optimistic because he shows a lot of personality. And seems to actually get rid of the ball better than uh, Miranda does, which is uh, impressive. Um, I'll also say, yeah, Romagnoli came out of Sampdoria. Sampdoria being coached by these canny sort of defensive managers, Mijailovic, Giampaolo, and it seems to be working. I mean, I don't know, we keep sort of getting players from Genoa itself, the city. Yeah, I'm, quite, I'm rather impressed. I mean... I still think he's going to make mistakes. I still think that another defender there for competition would be good. Um, but, uh, yeah, ultimately, I'm impressed so far. Yeah. Hey, what about you, Mike? What are your thoughts about Skriniar? I guess... So far, so good. No, so, <laughs> no, so far, so good. I mean, yeah, I was in the same boat as you. I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> What's he going to do? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't... Uh, wasn't too high on the signing, but, uh, I mean, still early, but so far so good. Really happy. Uh, him and, uh, I mean, him and Bastoni, that could, that could be a dynamite defensive duo in the years to come for Inter. I'm, I'm just glad they're thinking of the future. So, uh, we'll see. Not ready to, to make a, 
a judgment yet. But uh, yeah, very happy from what I've seen so far. Uh, just before we move on, we're going to have a Mercato Roundup next week on Monday when we record. And we're going to have a special guest to help us go through that as well. Uh, so everyone listening, we're, gonna, we're not going to talk that much about the Mercato this week because obviously the, there's a couple of days still left. Um, but uh, we're going to have a proper Roundup next week uh, as we preview the upcoming games. Um, Mo, uh, did you? Uh, I mean, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, but now that we're on Bastoni and Skriniar, like I, I gotta say, Skriniar was never. I, I was. He wasn't one of those play, defenders that I dreamt of bringing to Inter. Uh, neither is Bastoni. I thought he was all right. I preferred the other guy who's gone to Juve. What's his name? Caldara? No. Yeah, Caldara. Yeah. Caldara. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of? It? Have you got? Have you got an opinion? Like, have you studied him anything at all, Mo? No, 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 no. I, I haven't. Uh, I, ha- I hadn't had studied him at all, and I knew very little about uh, Skriniar before he came. And honestly, my, my entire uh, like Mercato prayers to uh, the powers that be in the footballing universe was to get rid of Ranocchia in defense. <laughs> that's 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 been all I've been asking for, you know. So we got rid of uh, Murillo, which is you know good, and then, you know it's nice. Uh, uh, because he's recent, like his, uh, especially towards the end of the last season, he became more and more of a liability. But the fact that Frog is still on on the payroll, the payroll still upsets me. Uh, but I gotta say but, something there. But jokes aside, I mean, I, sorry, I go gotta, ahead. Yeah. I gotta tell you there. Speaking of Frog and Nagatomo, Spalletti has expressly asked for these two guys to stay, which kind of scared the shit out of me <laughs> to be like how many coaches I mean how many coaches have these guys I, I, killed I thought, I thought uh I thought that uh, Spalletti had come out and said uh Ranocchio he expressly said that Ranocchio would not be with us when we sign another defender yeah he has that was... but, but since, <coughs> yeah. since then that, that's, that has changed because the situation with Murillo leaving has kind of got them in you know in a situation where they seem to want to where he seems to want to hang on to Ranocchia, whilst Ranocchia has his mind dead set on Premier League football, which I think would make me happy. (laughs) And I think everyone on this podcast and everyone listening very happy as well. But I I don't Mm. know. We'll we'll see what happens. But the latest reports are saying that Spalletti has changed his mind and is trying to ask Ranocchia to stay. I hope to God this, this isn't true. I, I have like I know I know that uh, Nagatomo gets a lot of flack everywhere everywhere in the world and very deservingly at times you know like the number of times like even on my Twitter uh, feed you'll find like at least twelve uh, percent of my tweets have been uh, bashing uh, Nagatomo while maybe forty have been uh, bashing Ranocchia but you know <laughs> but but even then like there are some positive qualities that Nagatomo can bring into certain games if you line up the team in a certain way to compensate for his deficiencies. I just think that Ranocchia is irredeemable. Like, there's nothing unredeemable, irredeemable. I can't remember what the right word is, but, like, there's, there's, there's nothing you can do with this guy. And like you just said, we spoke about him last year. Every new manager has to come in and thinks that they can, you know, <laughs> save Ranocchia's career. And they all get burnt by this loser, you know. And I just... I, you're really scaring me by, by by telling me this thing, this bit of uh, news that I hadn't, that I'd thankfully missed out on. Uh, but if, if Spalletti thinks that he can, in any way, shape, or for, form, get extract any value out of this, like this turd, then he's he's going to be in for a rude, rude awakening. Because because like there's nothing that he can get out of Ranocchia except except like uh, disappointment. 
Well, uh, speaking of uh, all the Nagatomo praise, at M. Nassar, if you want to have a discussion with Mohammed about the brilliant qualities of Yuta Nagatomo. Uh, I <laughs> no, hey, but one last thing about Fiorentina. Go for it, go for it. Uh, this, might not, this might not be a popular uh, opinion, but I thought Nagatomo and Brozovic acquitted uh, themselves quite well, and it was nice to see the San Siro public... Uh, give uh, Brozovic uh, uh, an ovation when he was substituted off. So hopefully the healing process has begun there. But yeah, Nagatomo, he did all right against Fiorentina. Roman is a different story, and we'll get to that. But <laughs> At Massimo underscore De Luca, one for <laughs> that one as well. <laughs> On Twitter, if you pick here, all the Nagatomo lovers out there, if you want to start a fan club with Max Luca regarding Nagatomo. No, but in all honesty, I think you're both very right. I think Nagatomo did very well, uh, especially, uh, I think Nagatomo did really, really well in these two matches, especially in Fiorentina. But that's, if you ask me, that's mainly thanks to Perisic. I think it was a 65, 65 yeah, yeah, yeah. 70 meter run of max speed where he ran yeah. like a sprinter down from attack to help Nagatomo cover. Perisic is fantastic. I mean, there's no, I mean, it's no wonder that Mourinho dreams of him every night because he's yeah. the ultimate Mourinho player. He does everything in attack. He help, he's brilliant in attack. He, help, he gives his heart out, runs his lungs off, works his socks off in defense, and he protects. Uh, and he did that. And that's why our left-hand side was so, you know, was so safe because Perisic was running, running to help out all the time to save Nagatomo. And uh, no, I, I think that's more down to, you know, sure, credit where credit is due, Nagatomo did well, but I think a lot of that is down to per, the fantastic work rate of Ivan Perisic. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, there was another, there, there was another point I can remember when, uh, I think it was right after that run he made back where he was like screaming at uh, Yuto to go cover the guy because <laughs> he already... He already he's already taken the guy with the ball and he's he's like telling him don't ball watch just run and cover the guy who's doing the overlap and Nagatomo's there like a deer in headlights frozen so yeah no of course you know we we all, we all know like I'm, I'm I'm really not trying to praise Nagatomo all I'm saying is that at some point in time with his speed and his occasional ability to be able to take a man on a man on in a one on one on one on one situation there might be some value to get out of Nagatomo but. Versus nothing out of Ranokia. But, you know, what, what do I know? No, I agree with you there. I mean, there's, you know, we got to be honest. And we always take the piss out of D'Ambrosio and Nagatomo and, <clears throat> and Brozovic. But we've got to give credit where credit is due. And it seems that Spalletti has kind of managed to build something for these guys that worked really well. Now, let's move on to the Roma game. And uh, helping us to do that is John Solano from AS Roma Press, the editor of AS Roma Press. Welcome to Studio Inter, John. Hey guys, how are you? Good to have you on. So how are, you know, I, I got to say a big, big shout out to you for coming on an inter-podcast after that game on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> takes a, takes oh. a special, takes a, you, got, you got a lot of uh, character, I got to give it to you that. <laughs> it's an international break, so I've, you know, it's <laughs> a <laughs> so week. How, how are you holding up? I mean, three posts? I mean, you, what were you thinking? Like when, when Perotti hit the post for the third time, you must have been convinced we're going to lose this. Oh, undoubtedly, that's the Roman way. Um, <laughs> pessimist by nature. Um, I mean, yeah. you see that happen. I, you just what? What do you say? I, how am I supposed to feel? I, I just 
it's just one of those days where you just know that nothing is going to go your way and you just have to accept it. You just, there's no reason of fighting it or getting upset or screaming or yelling or crying. Just you take it on the chin and you just say, you know what? Not our night. It's just not our <laughs> night. Well, I mean, having said that, I thought, I mean, my, my personal thoughts of this game was that the first half Roma dominated completely. Uh, Gagliardini was caught, was caught under pressure uh, and was unable to handle it. Borja Valero was caught in no man's land. Then Spalletti turned it around in the second half by bringing João Mario in, bringing Gagliardini off, playing Borja Valero, Valero deeper. And from there, it felt like Roma didn't really have any answer to that. And th- I mean, does that worry you? Oh, absolutely. Um, honestly, it was just a weird game overall. Um, I, you know, I... You know, a lot, I saw a lot of Roma fans, um, you know, they were chalking it up to bad luck. And I, I hate that. I hate, <laughs> I hate just, I hate chalking things up to luck one way or the other because it's almost like you're, you're just, uh, you know, ignorantly overlooking the areas where you did poorly and, and you're just going to say, well, that, that's fine. We just have bad luck. I hate that. But, um, I, I am worried. The, the thing that worried me most, and it wasn't even necessarily, the way they attacked, um, the way they defended, which is horribly monolas, was dreadful. Um, the thing that bothered me the most was when they didn't get that penalty decision, which I could spend probably 20 to 30 minutes talking about, but I, I won't. Um, <laughs> after they didn't get that, it, it, it looked like the, the, the error just went completely out of them. They looked like a completely different team. And, you know, the, the big teams don't do that. The big teams, when things are not going their way, they don't get a decision, they hit the post, um, they keep pressing on. They don't let their heads drop, and, and Roma let their heads drop. And listen, uh, you know, the three goals, um, you know, Roma were punished for poor positioning. They lost their heads. I, I mean, that's really the only way I can say it. They lost their heads. Mo, have you got a question for John? Yeah, I have a question, but it's uh, to do with, uh, I guess, uh, generally maybe with uh, Di Francesco's tactics and uh, the arrival of Schick. I wanted to know, like, uh, I mean, of course, he's a very highly rated player, uh, future prospect, etc. How do you think he's going to fit? And is he the kind of, is he the player that you think Di Francesco is missing? And... If not, then who would have probably made more sense in a, in in this expected four three three? Well, that's a tough one, and something I've you know I've really been trying to think about over this last day or so. Um, I mean, all summer we saw Roma going after Marez uh, Bleister. Um, I thought he was the perfect fit. Um, I mean, if you yeah. could if you could find a player who was about as close to Mohamed Salah as you could get, that's him. Uh, technically gifted. He's got pace. Um, really, really good in the final third with finding that final pass. Um, I thought he was perfect. So I, you know, I, I saw people even suggest that shit will come off the bench, which I just boggles my mind. I don't think you spend that sort of money for someone to, to come yeah. off the bench. Um, so I think he absolutely has to mold his tactics now. Uh, obviously, he you know he prefers the four three three. So um, I almost wonder if he will mold this a little bit to maybe more of a four three two one. Um, maybe move Schick, uh, you know, instead of being so out wide, just a little behind Jekyll. 
um, yeah. with uh, Pedalty next to him. But Di Francesco has shown in the past that uh, you know, barring you know some sort of devastating injury, he prefers that four three three. You know, irregardless of whether or not a player fits in it. I, I mean, Defel is is not a right winger, and he's been putting him there um, just sort of out of need. I mean, he's been playing over El Shadawi. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I Was Schick the player they need? No. Um, am I happy they got him? Absolutely. He's a good player. Uh, we saw the clubs <laughs> that wanted him. We saw, we saw the clubs that wanted him. Uh, I, I just, if we're talking about pure fit, I, I don't, I think most people would agree it's not the best fit. But, um, you know, the big clubs, uh, you know, if you want to be successful, successful you get good players and you you know uh, fit your system around them so i i hope i hope the follows suit and i hope he really doesn't try and uh you know just fit chic into the right winger just because he prefers the 4-3-3 formation uh yeah. eduardo yeah. eduardo do you have any questions for john yeah um how do you see the, the season panning out with what looks to me like quite an emaciated bench even with the arrival of Sheik, uh, I still see problems. Uh, I don't know what you think of that. Well, the big problems, like if we're talking about present day, uh, you know, the big problem, you know, the bench isn't really their biggest problem. I think injuries are their biggest problem. Um, I mean, what has happened at right back is just beyond a joke. Um, we had to see Juan Jesus yeah, out I there. Um, I mean, he wasn't bad, but he... He's not a right back. Um, Roma are missing Florenzi, Karsdorf, uh, Perez was out. Um, I mean, they're missing pretty important names. Now, in the midfield, I think they have some of the best depth that we've seen in a long, long time. Uh, Pellegrini is strong to come off the bench. Um, you know, I I think maybe they're lacking a little bit in attack, but when you bring a chick, the Fidel moves to the bench. You have El Shadawi. Um, that's not bad either. My my biggest question mark um, for this season has always been in defense. Um, uh, behind Manolas, I don't even know who Roma's second best central defender is. I couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's Fazio um, because Fazio uh, in the back four, uh, he struggles. I mean, he's a completely different player in a back four versus a back three. Um uh, uh, Moreno, who they got from PSV, um, I have no idea what he offers. I, we've seen him in two or three friendlies, um, one of which was good, another was just okay, and another one he was a disaster And when they had to put him at left back. So my my biggest concerns are in defense, and I would agree, in defense, they have lots of names, but none of which are strong. So I guess if you wanted to be technical, they have depth in defense, but it doesn't mean it's good depth. So that, especially with the Champions League in their group, that scares me to death. Um, yeah, you so guys I, got quite a horrible group. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about a, as bad of a draw as you could get, they got it. Um, I, I mean, I, I saw it and I tweeted out just, uh, don't schedule anything for Thursday because they're, they're going to the Europa League. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's almost a guarantee. Um, you know, sort of like how people, um, you know, people have uh, the path in the World Cup. You know, they say you win one, draw one, and then you're fine. 
um, in the Champions League. My my in my mind, it's always just win your home matches. Um, they're not going to win their home matches. <laughs> um, I. I think it'll be a miracle if they get six points in this group. I, I really do. I, I, I don't think they have any chance. Hmm. Max? Hi, John. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Um, can you give any credence to the Strootman to Juventus claims? Is it just paper talk, or could it actually happen? Paper talk. I, the only, you know, I think there's only one or two papers running that story. Um, one of which is Tuto Sports, so really one paper is right now. Um, it's, uh, I, I have no reason to believe that Monchi is that stupid. Um, there was a story the other day in Tuto Sport. They, they said, well, he's got a release clause. Um, his, his release clause expired on August 1st, so I have no idea. I, I just It's just some of the laziest stuff I'm reading. But... Um, no, I, I don't think there's any chance for it. Um, he's too important. Um, behind Nangolan, um, you know, you can make the case him or maybe even Jekyll are the most important players. I, if, if they were to lose him, um, I think it would almost be sending the message as, um, you know, we're going to just maximize the amount of money we can get from three or four, you know, really good players. And this will be a transitional year. We're not looking to get anything out of it. And I think that just sends a horrible message. So I, I don't think that he would go. Um, but with uh, with Roma, we've seen that uh, nobody is safe, um, regardless of how good they are or how well they're performing. If someone comes knocking with the right offer, uh, Roma are always willing to listen. So do I think it will happen? No. Um would I completely rule it out? Uh, absolutely not. But I do think uh, he'll remain this season. Um, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you to predict the Serie A top five this season, uh, starting with the fifth place to one, and then also give us the Capocannoniere of the season as well. Okay. okay. Well, we know uh, for your last question, that's going to be Cardi. No, <laughs> he, was my, he was my pick before this season. Um, and he's already started just incredibly strong. So uh, can we wrap that one up already? Sure, I mean, we can wrap that one up. We can wrap that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's going to catch him, honestly. Um, especially with, and I, I don't get this because I think, Nima, you might have made this point when you came on my pack, my podcast, but uh, Kandreva is really, really good at supplying him, and I, I feel like he gets an unnecessary amount of criticism. Um, Thank you. Paris, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, you know, Perisic is great. We don't even have to get into that. His ability to supply Cardi is fantastic. So I think when you just have uh, two wingers like that, just feeding your number nine, I, I mean, what more could you ask for if your number nine is delivering goals at that rate? Um, but uh, so top five. So just because I'm on an inter podcast, I want to troll a little bit. So we'll put, <laughs> we'll put Milan fifth. Um, Roma, Roma fourth. Um, we will put Inter third. We'll put Juve second and Napoli first. Ooh. Nice one. I have I to see. go. Oh, good. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that too. I actually think that I Napoli mean, can hurt them as well. Yeah, I mean, is there? I, I don't think there's any Calcio fan who would be against that. Um, 
I mean, that's true. That's I would if you other than Roma winning, um, Milan finishing outside the Champions League. I'm just I'm almost setting on my calendar for next summer. Just if that happens, I I just (laughs) I mean, oh, that would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> so I take it you're behind the Mr. President Palotta's statements about Milan losing their minds. <laughs> well, listen, it's... Uh, Milanisti, uh, they were taking it so um, personal when people were questioning the way this is being handled. I mean, wouldn't any logical person question this? I mean, there's clearly... I mean, I, I won't say it's... What's a word I can use to say say? It's irregular. That's what I'll say. It's irregular. <laughs> I mean, how diplomatic of you. Well, it's a very diplomatic use of the Well, I mean, listen, they had, there was a great article I read. I mean, that Elliott Fund, um, I mean, the interest they're charging them is obscene. Um, it, it's not common the way this has been conducted. So, uh, you know, they're going to have financial fair play if they do qualify. And I wonder what in the world they come up with from there. It'll be interesting. That's what, it, it'll be interesting. So everyone, it seems like everyone who's from Ohio and whose first name is John, and it, like John Kasich, you're very, very diplomatic. Oh, <laughs> it <that> okay. <laughs> it's, it's like with, it's, you know, it, it's a Venetian thing, because David Amoyal and I, we're from the same, same area in Italy. We're very uh, ah. not controversial. Okay. Not controversial. Good. That's good, that's good, that's good. It's a Venetian well, thing. <laughs> it's a Venetian <laughs> thing. Well, it was... It's great to have you on. And if people want to follow you and your work on Twitter, what's your handle? Uh, so my personal handle is my last name, which is Solano underscore five six. Um, and for my website, it is at AS Roma Press. Awesome! Check it out if you. It's a great. It's a. It's a great site for Roma fans. You guys do an excellent job. Uh, thanks great, so much thank for you. coming on, John. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you See soon. Hey, John. Thanks, man. So, Bye. Take care. Enjoy. Right, that was the John Solano from AS Roma Press. Uh, before we move on, um, I wanted to ask you guys, as, as always, we know uh, the man of the match against Roma was obviously Mauro Icardi. Uh, 500, he got 67% of the vote. Uh, who do you guys think came second? Uh, Max? Barisic. Yes, 12%. And third... Now we're really digging it. Uh, Eduardo, who do you think came third? Vecino. No, it was João Mario on 7%. Ah. But another convincing win by Icardi got two, more than two-thirds of the vote. And it's hard to disagree with him. Now, before we move on to also uh, predicting the Serie A, I want to talk about Candreva. Because I know there's a lot yes. of people <laughs> who... Because <laughs> I, you see, I, went, I, I have been arguing for this for a long time, that yes, he is frustrating. Yes, he is... He is he's sometimes really annoying to watch. But he gets assists to Icardi. Last season, 10 of them in the Serie A. This season, already it's two. I mean, what does this guy got, I mean, what does this guy got to do before people stop hacking him? He gets points done. We score goals thanks to this guy. What do you, like, the, 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 the Candreva haters, what do you want from this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Max, you're the Candreva hater. You, you, you got, you got oh, to I don't even know... <laughs> I don't even know where to start here. He was killing me the first half. I, uh, I wanted to sub him off, especially after the yellow card. I said, he's going to get another yellow. Sub him off, sub him off. And, of course, that's why Spalletti's the manager, and uh, I'm sitting here in Canada. He, uh, that was a beautiful, 
beautiful assist to Icardi on the first goal. Again, I don't mind giving credit where credit's due, but uh, even a blind pig finds a truffle every once in a while. Like, oh, come uh, on! He, 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 might be fi- he might get assists, but if you fire in 30 crosses a game and one finds the target, is that really great? Is that really efficient? I don't know. Well, who cares about efficiency? This is, this is, this is about scoring goals. This isn't like, I mean, that's what I don't understand about this. This, like, this is my only criticism, that yes, if, if, if this was like a game where it was about averages, I'd agree with you. If this was baseball, where, this, where your batting average is important, then fine. But it's not. It's about getting points. It's about getting goals in. And he, you know, he, he gets the job done. Sure, he, needs, he doesn't give up. I mean, usually when we, you know, we, we pay tribute to players who, who never give up and fight and just keep on going and going and going. I mean, would you, do you remember Guarín? He could do it for 150 times, and he couldn't. I mean, he couldn't even like what is it you said? A, a blind pig finds truffles uh, even once. But I mean, that that blind pig didn't find anything. I mean, you know. So I'm just saying that as long as he gets, I mean, 10 assists for Icardi, 10 of Icardi's goals, uh, 24 Serie A goals last season were assisted by Candreva. Come on. But what if we throw Juan Mario there? How many assists does uh, Icardi get then? 15, 20? Right? Well, I mean, why not? Ah. not, Come on, why not use Joao Mario as a trequartista? Candreva on the right, and Perisic on the left, and then you got like what? Perisic has already assisted a for three goals. Come on. I I know where you're coming from, but uh, yeah, maybe it's the North American thing for me with the stats and the efficiency and all that stuff, but uh, I'm going to begrudgingly give him credit. For the Roma game for the second half, but uh, I'm still on the list of Candreva haters, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but I, I do want to say one thing, Nima. Sorry. Go for it. Go for it. My man, Dalbert. Yes. I thought that was a fantastic debut. He saved three goals single-handedly. I mean, isn't isn't his defensive game supposed to be his weakness? <laughs> That's what everyone kept saying. He's not good defensively. He's not good defensively. Well, he saved three goals. <laughs> so, exactly. I, mean, I, I think that's uh, the, the end of Nagatomo as we know it. Like, I oh, don't see Nagatomo starting. Don't say that. Don't play with my feelings. <laughs> I was no, an impressive 30-minute cameo, though. Like, I thought he was great. He didn't look out of place, and he blocked uh, two of Nangolan shots that seemed destined for the net, and then... Uh, who was it, Al Shawari, the open net, the yeah. ball was going in there, and he tracked yeah. back and like, what else can you ask for? Nothing. I mean, he looked really good as well. I, I, I agree. I agree 100%. Right. Um, whilst we're on the subject, as I asked, uh, I asked uh, John to give us the top five, I'm going to ask each of you guys to do the same. Uh, Max, give me your top five. It's kind of similar to John. Uh, actually, but uh, just a couple uh, teams switched. So you want me to go from number five? Yeah, go from five to one. Yeah, number five, I think Roma. I, I just don't see it with this Roma team. Uh, I'm not convinced by Di Francesco, no Tati, no party. Uh, number four, AC Milan. Um, I mean, he splashed the cash in the in the summer transfer window. Uh, I also agree with John, like, just kind of looking into their finances and these hedge funds, like, the amount of interest is, is insane. I think it's unsustainable, but we'll save that point for a different day. Uh, number three, I think Inter's going to finish in the top three um, because looking at the schedule, and maybe I'll, I should save this for later, but we're going to be 7-0 and 0 
uh, when we play Milan in, in the Derby October 15th. Uh, number two, Juve. And number one, Napoli. Napoli play beautiful football, and they're going to be rewarded now that bar is in place. No more funny stuff. Napoli are going to be the champions of Italy. Um, um, you have, that's my exact same list. There, uh, I think uh, I, I think Juventus have an incredible uh, attacking uh, force, but to me, Napoli are more of a team. They play together, uh, like they seem more. You know, they, they they all seem to understand Sarri and Mertens and Senior. Barring an injury on Hamšík or Mertens, I, I don't see anyone threatening them. To me, they're they're going to win the Serie A this season. Uh, what about you, Eduardo? I would have actually said uh, Juventus, but this uh, little VAR thing is really. Uh, it's really throwing me a curveball because I can kind of see... Well, well, we can talk about it a little later as well, but all of a sudden I do get the feeling that uh, we see things more clearly and that defence is ageing at Juventus. So I'm going to risk Napoli. The cynic in me still says Juventus, but I'm going to risk Napoli. I'm going to say Napoli 1, Juve 2 into 3, Roma 4, Milan 5, just because Milan's team is still new. And um, there will be problems, and there will be teething problems especially, and I'm not so convinced by some of their buys, although, generally speaking, I think they bought some really good players. But they're going to take time to get together, to gel. I'm not sure Kalinic is the kind of guy you want sitting on the bench, really. I think he needs games to really get into his confidence. So I'm going to say that. Mo? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to say, like, uh, I'm for fourth and fifth, it'll be either uh, Roma or Milan, I think. Uh, you know, I, I would say uh, the, the smart money is on uh, Milan finishing fifth, but we all thought that the Milan experiment would turn to shit last season and they finished much higher and much better than anyone thought they would. So maybe they'll finish fourth, maybe they'll be fifth, but it's between Roma and Milan for fourth and fifth. And I think, I honestly think that I can't really predict the top three. I know it's between Inter, Juve, and Napoli. And I think it all depends on how each respective team does with it, handles injuries what happens with the Champions League. We know that Juve probably don't give a shit about the Scudetto this year uh, if, if it's a toss-up between that and, and, and going all in for the Champions League. So, And uh, the same goes for, for Napoli. We don't know how, uh, how deep or how well their squad will be able to handle uh, the competition should they progress beyond uh, the, the, the first knockout leg like they did last year. So... It all depends. We we don't have Europe. To, uh, we don't have, we have zero Europe. So I think it's least likely that Inter can win. But I think the top three is between the, those three, and anything can happen and anything can pan out. You know, I'm I'm, I'm quite excited for the season. This is the most exciting Serie A season in 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 years. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Um, if we go to uh, the Capocannoniere, I mean, is there anyone who's not going to say Icardi? <laughs> I mean, the Roma guy says that we're in the Icardi. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, is there anyone who's yeah. not... I mean, sure, Dybala, he looks amazing, let's be honest. But is there anyone who's going to not say yeah. Icardi? Like, if you, if you want to do it, then say... Let's put it to you this way. I think we're all going to say Icardi, but let's guess on how many goals he'll score. Mo, how many goals do you think he'll score in the Serie A? Hey, you know, honestly, like, I don't want to jinx this too much, but, you know... And, and, uh, and, you know, since I believe in jinxes, i got to say uh, we need to anti-jinx uh, Max's 7-0 uh, statement that he yeah, so Yeah, I was going to say, I earlier. totally ignored him there. I was like, <laughs> I, was, I was standing here, like, I had the mic on yeah. mute, going, tui, 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 tui. Like, Max, uh, at Massimo underscore De Luca, one interisti, if, if things go pissed up next Sunday. That's all, I'm, that's all i got to say. 
<laughs> no, but like uh, if if uh, if uh, again uh, the gods of uh, football uh, protect uh, Maurito's legs from any uh, bad injury, like we ho- we all hope they do, and uh, he continues being served served so well with uh, by Persic and Kandreva, easily north of uh, thirty goals. You know, I think uh, I think we have we have we're not going to have seen a, a player so prolific since uh, you know Vieri or or uh, Ronaldo at uh, scoring in this area. We're in for something special. I like that. I, I, I'd say I'd agree with that. Uh, what do you think, Max? Mr. Jinxer? What do you think? Uh, well, you someone think? had I mean, to say it. Someone, <laughs> had, someone had to say it. I was not going to say it, but just look at the schedule. Like it, It's just set up perfectly. Um, at yeah, Cardi. Massimo underscore DeLuca1, people. At Massimo underscore DeLuca1. <laughs> we can't be scared anymore, guys. This is a new inter. It's a new project. Uh, all that uh, other voodoo. Will you shut the hell up? Will you shut up? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I all love right, you, I'll answer man, the... but just... After oh. the question I was asked in that, uh, yes, that only. Please. Yeah. <laughs> As of the question. Maurito is going to score 30, 31 goals this season for sure. Uh, Eduardo? 29. I want to say a number that doesn't necessarily jinx it because 30 has become quite the obsession and I want it to be 29. So it stays fit and this is into people. We've got to remember who we are. Yes, thank best. you. A Just bit of sanity on this podcast. Most <laughs> dreams. Okay, well, guys, I gotta be honest. I, I'm think I'm I, I, I've been thinking uh, Icardi as well, but I I gotta stick by my guns here because in a fit of happiness last May, when my baby Daniele Bessa and Hellas Verona they when they managed to secure win the Serie B, and Giampaolo Pazzini scored 25 goals or 24 goals in the Serie B and became the capo cannoniere there. In a mad rush of happiness, I bet uh, my good friend Owen Nielsen from Infront Sports, who, comments, who, co- who commentates Serie A games, I bet him a 100 euro bottle of wine that Giampaolo Pazzini was going to be capo cannoniere. So I got to stick by that. I got to stick by my guns. And say oh Giampaolo Pazzini. You did what? <laughs> yes, I did. I was that is mental. <laughs> I know it was insane. It was uh, one of my one of my friends on Twitter said, "Are you were you drunk? Were you high? Why why did you do that?" And I was like, "Yes, I was high on. I was happy because Daniel Bessa was. I love that kid since the Primavera days, and I'm so happy to see him finally be back from injury. And he's he was amazing, and and I was so happy that he gets to play in the Serie." Serie A this season, and Pazzini became this capo cannoniere. So in a in a in, in a fit in a fit of happiness, without thinking, uh, I, I said I bet him that, and he said, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna win, and I'm gonna win." So no, I have to, I have to stick by my guns here. Although I know I might as well just send him a check for a hundred euros now. <laughs> no, no, send him but, the uh, bottle. Send him the bottle. Yeah, I might as well do that now. I might as well go buy something Ow. really nice then and. Send it to him. So yeah, no. So I'm saying Giampaolo Pazzini, uh, thirty goals. Wow. And he'll and he'll get included to this to the uh, to the Asturi for the World Cup as well. Boom. Yeah, double down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Me and Trump, we double down. We don't back. We don't back <laughs> off. Right. Um, speaking of idiots, uh, let's move on to the uh, frog of the week for the first time this season, sp- presented by Mr. Max Deluca. 
All right. The frog of the week is a former Interista who we sold dirt cheap, who went on to have a Hall of Fame career with Real Madrid, left back and World Cup winner, three-time World Cup winner, I think, Roberto Carlos, um, who was earlier this week sent, sentenced to three months in jail for failing to pay $15,000 of child support for one of his <laughs> nine children. Are you, are you serious? One of his nine children. So he had, are, you ser- are you serious about this? I'm dead serious, yeah. Um, yeah, single mothers Jesus have enough. They should, they should have a sense of security married to a footballer who's made millions upon millions of dollars as one of the top clubs in the world. Um, yeah, his first wife. He has two kids with his first wife. Um, and yeah, he owed arrears of $15,000 and the judge sentenced him to three months in jail, which his lawyer does not think he will serve because he's a famous footballer and it's Brazil and a bunch of other stuff. But, uh, yeah, you can't spare $15,000. Uh, and this guy, nine kids, he, and it said multiple partners. So I, I mean, it, it, if it's nine kids publicly, it's probably around 12, 13. That's probably the true number, right? <laughs> I, I, it has to be, but this guy pumps out children just like he, Pumps out free kicks. Unbelievable. So, Roberto <laughs> Carlos, pay up. He's our frog of the week. Oh, definitely. Well, uh, let's move on to the Moji of the week with Mr. Eduardo Del Monte. Uh, the Italian media's reaction to VAR, uh, which I find very worrying. Uh, I think it's kind of alarming. And as Tancredi Palmieri said, and he's actually, and I'll say this, like he can get he has his critics and for good reason. But actually, on media perception of Inter Milan versus Juve in particular, I think he's actually got it spot on and has been for months. And recently, he was like, look, match day two, VAR gets almost all its decisions right, probably eleven out of thirteen. And yet everyone's focusing on the offside on Genoa's goal. And they were actually denied two penalties that probably were penalties. And I'm really worried about the media in this country. I mean, yeah, we say this all the time, but I'd recommend you guys read Il Malpensante sort of um, article, which was written before the Champions League final, which was why we shouldn't support Juventus. And the fact that the media seems to be towing the line in Italy, especially, but overseas as well. People are towing the line and it's embarrassing. Because you'd expect it from Tutto Sport, they're the local paper, they're homers, whatever you want. But the other two papers, uh, I would have underestimated this as little as a few months ago, and I am now profoundly disillusioned. We're two weeks into an experiment, and I get the feeling that in other countries it's at least a debate on the pluses and minuses, which I, positives and negatives, I see them. I understand why you'd be against it. In Italy, I get the feeling that the being against of it, being against it is entirely factional it's partiality to a t and it's 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 very worrying i i am honestly very very worried like when people say oh i can't trust the media i normally sort of scoff at that but actually they kind of have a point perceptions of inter over the last few years and how they are compared to other clubs and the fact that the corriere runs with that front page because yeah it was definitely var that screwed you over on a penalty that I would probably well, argue I, I have the penalty. I gotta, I, I gotta uh, say something there. Yeah, sure. There is a penalty. I mean, if we're going to be that anal about every single decision, then we should have used VAR 
for Roma's first goal, and then Dzeko is offside, because he is offside, because the rule says if any part of your body ah. is in an offside position, yes. then, then it's offside. But, if, I mean, if we're going to... That's not the purpose of VAR at all. The purpose of VAR is to prevent when the referee can't see, when there is a lot of debate, to avoid situations like that. To, 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 to not, it's not supposed to get it 100% right all the bloody time. And so if we're no, going exactly. to be that... It's a means it's, to an end. It's no, exactly. No it's, it's, supposed, it's supposed to be an aid for the referee. And, but if the referee sees the situation and he feels that's not a penalty, then you've got to go with it. And it's the same thing with the, with the, with the linesman for Dzeko's goal. He, Dzeko is fractionally offside. I have no problems with that because that's just how the game goes, you know? I mean, it's one thing if he's a yard offside. That's, that's just disastrous. But not when he's got, like, when he's fractionally offside. I, ca- I can live with that. You know, I think yeah. that's part of the game. So, so for me, I think that's, that's a ridiculous... Uh, I agree with you, but I think that there are ways to improve it. I think, speaking of North American sports, what, what uh, Max alluded to earlier, I mean, they have this in ice hockey. They have, like, four referees sitting in a cent- central like a room somewhere in, in somewhere else watching all the games and as, and if the referee needs help he, he he signals like a phone call he calls that they look it through from like 10 different angles they tell him what they think and then they make a decision i think that's what the, that's the best way to do go about it as opposed to the referee going and looking at a screen you know i i think you should have like a like a like a five four three four referee sitting in like a like a war room somewhere else in a bunker watching every single game, every single match, and, and, and basically like the NHL do. I think that's the way to go forward with it. I don't think there's a way to improve it, but I agree with you 100% that I think this, this reaction, I think a part of it is got to do with the media, but a part of it is also, I'm sorry, Eduardo, I love you guys, you're Max Max, you guys, but you're Italian, and you're you Italians, you love your polemica. You love your, you know, conspiracy theories. I mean, it's no, it's, it's no chance that Niccolo Machiavelli is from your country. You know, it's, it's, it's part of your country. You know, you guys love that. And, and you, love the, you love the arguing and you love the, you know, that, that's part of the culture. And I love it. But I, I, I think that give it a chance. It's only been two weeks. And there are ways. So exactly. That's what I find so unjustified is people sort of after two weeks and you're going, do we want to go back to what it was before with Juve getting big decisions in their favour in almost all of the games last season? How could we no. possibly argue for a continuation of that? No, and if you are against the system, you are ultimately a hypocrite. That is so true. Well said, well said. Right, let's move on to something a bit more positive. This week's Morati with Mr. Mohamed Nasser. Oh my God, he is beautiful! He is beautiful, yeah! Yay! So, uh, my uh, <laughs> Marathi of the week. That was uh, the least enthusiastic game. <laughs> yeah, after this, like, uh, half hour uh, rant on uh, the disasters and, uh, you know, Richard's, uh, whatever, yeah, of uh, time football. But no, really, uh, we have a lot to be, uh, you know, cautiously optimistic about. And it's all got to do with, uh, I think, uh, Spalletti. Uh, you know, we we uh, we alluded earlier to the work that's been done in the back office with the Suning, Sabatini, and everything. But on the field, uh, you can really immediately see how uh, when you bring in a top manager and you give him uh, an entire preseason to work with a bunch of players who are decent, and then bring in the players that he's asked for. What well, I mean, it's 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 really that simple, huh? And this guy knows this area like no one else, and he's a proven, proven, uh, 
proven success story. Um, so I, it's got to be Spalletti for me. Um, it's it's not that the results have have been good. It's not that the results have just been good. It's the the way the team has approached uh, matches. It's the way uh, we've been tactically uh, fluid within a game and also tacti- tactically fluid within a certain set of tactics. The movements of players are much more organic and uh, uh, people understand where they need to be at all times and they change positions, yet someone's always there covering. We spoke about Perisic running back to cover Nagatomo. We, we've spoken about uh, Kandreva and Perisic uh, switching sides or even overloading one side uh, versus another. We've spoken about Valero and uh, Vecino and uh, João Mario and Gagliardini going round and round and round in the midfield. It's just, it's, it's, and it's only the second game of the season, so hopefully it's only going to get better and better and better. So I have to say, like, in, in the small time that we've been able to assess the Spalletti experiment so far, I can say that uh, the man is, is, is probably the most... Uh, the biggest point of uh, optimism that uh, I have to look forward to for the rest of the season. I got it. For me, it, it was just enough to hear what uh, Icardi said after the game when he said, and this is a direct quote, when he says, Spalletti creates a hunger in me that I've never felt with any other manager. That just says it all for me. So I agree 100% with that, Marathi. Yes, completely so, completely so. That's a great point. Uh, I have a little like a uh, second place for uh, the Moratti of the week, the the PR genius that is behind the uh, the latest Sunning TV ad. If you haven't seen <laughs> it, <laughs> dear God, go and see it. It is it is worth. It's two minutes of TV history with Zanetti doing a really everyone at Inter doing funny dances. People at Suning doing dance. It's genius. It's in Chinese, but it's in subtitles. And I was dancing myself when I heard it today. It was brilliant. Yeah, that, that, that's, uh, <laughs> dance is a very strong compliment for whatever the hell that's going on in that, uh, in that ad. But it's just hardly dancing. Eh? <laughs> it's like, it's like a, I, don't know, I don't know, it's brilliant. And watching Zanetti do it, it's just absolutely genius. So that, that's it for me. Right, thank, that was it from the first uh, Studio Inter of the season. We'll be back next week on Monday night, and we will have a very special guest with us to uh, do to help us round off the, and evaluate Inter's Mercato. Uh, and we we're really happy that, to have you with us, and if you, we really appreciate if you guys uh, review us and uh, give us uh, a rating on iTunes, etc., and share. Uh, Thank you very much. And also, check out the new Semprinter.com. And I'd like to thank John Solano. I'd like to thank Mo. Cheers. I'd like to thank Max. I'm checking right now to see when the last time Inter won seven games in a row to start the season. I'll post it on Twitter later. You just will not let this go, will you? Stop hating. Go see a doctor. <laughs> at Massimo <laughs> underscore De Luca one. That's all I gotta say. And yes. uh, Mr. And, <laughs> and also uh, to Mr. Eduardo Ramonte. Thank you very much. Thank you. Send your friends to me too. I like it. <laughs> yes, at Edu Del Monte. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and all the Nagatomo lovers at M Nassar. So with that, my I'd like to thank you all for this week and. As always, sempre e solo, forza Inter.
Oh